5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Hey, 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 welcome in, everybody. It is uh, a hot-as-hell edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Brutal heat out there today, my God. Today would be a heat question for the players, right? Absolutely. Uh, We got uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington, producing. Uh, Ben Byram. Hey, Ben, on uh, executive producing and update duties. Chill Phil on the social media today. Looking good, buddy. Uh, It's a uh, Thursday... We are two weeks away from ECU opening the football season against the Happy Appies in uh, Philip Pilkington's hometown of Charlotte, America. Uh, and you're graciously going to be there, so we don't Ben and I don't have to go. I've left nothing in Charlotte. I think I think Charlotte. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say this. Ben in Charlotte twice in less than a month seems a lot for him to handle. I believe in him. He can do it. How did he do in Charlotte when he was there? He did good. I think he enjoyed himself. Is that right? We, he he had no problem finding the house. We enjoyed Fan Fest, saw a little local dirt track race, and he seemed to enjoy whoa, himself. Whoa, whoa. Back it up. Back it up. Dirt track racing? Yeah, it was uh, East Lincoln Speedway, and most of these cars are old cars that have been turned into race cars. They weren't even actual race how cars. Did I, how is this the first time hearing that you all went to the dirt track? I don't know. Just you, never came up. You could take Ben out of Bertie County. You can't take Bertie County out of Ben. Add a boy there, Benjamin. Going to the dirt track. All the trappings of Uptown Charlotte and the big city. Not good enough for Ben Byram. It's not wholesome and Americana enough for Ben Byram. Ben Byram decides he's going to go to the dirt track. Hey, I'm originally from Kannapolis, where Del Arnhart's from. I, so I, I have those racing roots in me more I than I do the city roots. I get it, but. For our guy, Ben Byram, to go all the way out to the big, and you not show him the big city. Instead, you take him to a dirt track. I, there's just something about that that makes me feel all's right with the world. All's right with the world. All's right with Harold Varner, the thirds game. How about HV3 today? Was the clubhouse leader for a little bit. Five under in the opening round of the uh, Northern Trust, which is the first event in the PGA playoff. $9.5 million purse. Boy, it'd be nice to win that for Harold Varner. I mean, he's already got a boatload of money, but my gosh, he'd have a ton more and obviously advance clearly to the next round of the playoffs because 50 golfers after this week will have their seasons come to an end. So, yeah, this is uh, big stuff for Harold today. Right now, he's a shot off the lead. He and uh, John Rahm won the U.S. Open, tied at five under right now for second. Rahm's still out on the course. JT. Six under through 14, unofficially. Uh, well, no, officially. We're just, uh, I might be slow updating here. Yes, yeah, still on the 14th hole. So Justin Thomas uh, continues to uh, be one of those guys that hovers near the top of a leaderboard, especially uh, in majors and in, in big moments here. Uh, but Harold was really, really good today. Putted the ball very, very well. Uh, excellent inside of t- uh, 10 feet, putting the ball today. The strangest thing, we could not find any Harold Varner audio or video. Uh, I know he was interviewed on PGA Tour Radio, 
But I think that's kind of a serious XME internet kind of product, so there was really no way to locate that. And then, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Philip, because you kind of follow golf like I do. Usually, you some turn. I guess this is just tournament to tournament, but PGA Tour Communications or somebody at some point clips the videos, so in some cases of everybody who's in the event. But I, Ben, you remember this when Harold was down in Hilton Head. Uh, we, we had the video of him, fit, he came off the course, was talking about finished second place. I guess that's something that just that tournament did. I don't know. But you would think that they would put these clips out social media or something. They need Chill Phil to handle their social media to get these clips out, I guess. Well, when he finished, they were not live TV coverage yet. So that but may have something a, to do with it's it. Not like a, I'm not talking about like a one-on-one TV. Like They go to the, the, the position with the backdrop. The, you know, that's that's popular with uh, everybody now. And, you know, you got the logo of the sponsor, the logo of the uh, the league, or uh, in this case, the PGA logo. And he would stand before that backdrop, and then just somebody with, with PGA communications just fire some questions at him. That's what they did in South Carolina. Hell, I don't even think they had a backdrop. I think they had a tree with moss in it behind him is what they had. So I, it would have been great to have heard from Harold today, but unfortunately we, we just couldn't locate it. We'll keep looking. There's highlights out there, but that really doesn't do us any good on on the Wadio side. So, uh, but Harold Varner the third, look at him, a shot off the lead in the uh, first round of uh, the postseason for the PGA Tour. Uh, proud of old Harold there. That's good stuff, isn't it? Boy, what a what an event that would be to be in New York and pick up your first win. How about that? That'd be huge, and in the FedEx Cup playoffs, like you FedEx said, it, would, playoffs, it yes. would definitely advance him in the next round and put him in a good position to advance to Week Three. Yeah, I agree with you. It would be uh, it would be fantastic. The uh, Pirate basketball schedule is out today. I'm trying to locate that on uh, on my screen here. Uh, I do know they opened with Coppin State uh, on November 9th. That is a Tuesday, so that'll be when the uh, Pirates will uh, open play. Bobby, boop, 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 boop. here it is, right here. Coppin State will be the uh, season opener for the Pirates. And uh, then East Carolina will uh, – I now I had this in a position in – a, in a place – ah, here it is. Coppins uh, – no, South Carolina State. I'm sorry. South Carolina State. I had a Henry Hinton moment. Uh, South Carolina State will be on uh, the uh, docket for ECU on Tuesday, November 9th. Uh, Pirates will play uh, – a bunch of home games before they head to Myrtle Beach for that event there. Canisius on uh, Friday, November 12th inside of Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum. And then that Sunday, uh, Western Carolina at home. So the Pirates in their first uh, five days of the season will have uh, three games. Then they'll head to the Myrtle Beach Invitational. We already know that they're going to play Oklahoma on November 18th, Thursday at 7. That game will either be on the Deuce or uh, the U. And then uh, they'll play the winner or loser of Indiana State Old Dominion. And, of course, the championship game in that Myrtle Beach event. They play Thursday, Friday, take Saturday off for football, and then come back and play the championship on uh, Sunday. Pirates uh, on the grid that weekend at uh, Navy, by the way. Uh, After that event, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, Coppin State will be the uh, opponent. So there's where Coppin State comes in. Uh, November 30th, a Tuesday, Old Dominion. So the Pirates could conceivably play Old Dominion twice in the non-conference. 
Uh, my guy Randy Caps, his Gardner Webb running Bulldogs coming to town on Saturday, December 4th. So if the Pirates were to play in the AAC championship game in football, they'd move that basketball game and adjust the time there. Tuesday, December 7th, North Carolina A&T. And then on the uh, 17th, a week before Christmas Eve, that Friday, East Carolina will take the uh, trip after the 10-day exam break, the Basketball Hall of Fame shootout, where they will play Liberty in Charlotte. I think that is the – well, I, I, it's not listed on here on the schedule, but isn't that supposed to be like the last game of the four games that are being played that day in Charlotte? I believe I saw where it was. I'm not sure. I do know there's a there's actually quite the lineup in Charlotte that no, day. No, it, it's good. It, yeah. You're right. It's a great basketball lineup. And, you know, usually when you play those four games at an NCAA regional, uh, they kind of di- divide them up into two doubleheaders, that kind of thing. And I think that's kind of the concept here. You'd have the two kind of early games, and then you'd have the two kind of uh, late games. And I thought I could be totally wrong about this, but I thought originally when that was released, ECU was slated to be in the last game of the night, the night game. Is that right? So the way this is, yes, we are the final game. So it's NC State against Richmond, Virginia Tech against St. Bonaventure, UNC Charlotte against Wake Forest, and the final game is our Pirates and the Flames of Liberty. So that'll be... It's probably listed as what a nine o'clock tip off, and then it won't tip till nine thirty because about nine forty five it'll tip yeah. off just because of them. Yeah, so uh, and then Tuesday, uh, December twenty first before Christmas, uh, ECU will play Southern Miss, little Conference USA Redux there inside of Williams Arena, Williams Arena Menji's Coliseum. So the only time the Pirates really have to travel. Uh, Myrtle Beach, what, three hours? Charlotte, three and a half, four hours? Four and a half, something like that from here? Four? Um, not bad. I, I think it's pretty good. That's uh, Look, there are wins on this schedule quite clearly. I think Joe likes the guys that he's got, especially out of the transfer portal. He's got some good young talent. I, I don't mind this. I think this is a pretty good little schedule. I don't, I don't think uh, this is a... A schedule that makes me sort of crinkle my nose. I, this is there's some winnable games on here. Look, Old Dominion's got a good team. Jeff Jones is really well coached. Liberty's going to be a tough challenge. Uh, it's got some good regional appeal. You go down to Myrtle Beach. That's a stout field down there for that. I mean, you're playing Oklahoma. You're playing a big time program uh, in the uh, beginning of that event. I like the event in Charlotte. I think that's a good idea. So. All in all, I, I'm pretty impressed with that. And you're not having to get on a plane do you start conference play. It's also important to note that that kind of uh, weekend for uh, New Year's Eve is open now. Usually you would have some kind of non-conference game in there. But with the way they're spanning out and spacing out conference games, you're even though they're going to play 18 this year in the American, you're seeing a lot of games start to be uh, played on that. That's kind of conference basketball weekend kickoff now is that little holiday period around New Year's Eve. So somewhere in that area, I think the Pirates will play at least one, maybe two games in that area after Christmas into the beginning of the new year. Anything you want to add? You look like you're uh, chomping at the bit. to. to no, I was going to say, I agree with you that there's a lot of winnable games and you want to win some out of conference to have some you know, have some confidence going in, but I also like that there's some opportunity games there, like Oklahoma, like yeah. Liberty. Yeah. And even if you don't win those games, there's opportunities to play well and prove that you can play with the big boys, and that can be huge going into conference play. 
Exactly. Well said. Well said. All right. So those are the uh, happenings uh, here as we see them right now. Uh, and it's uh, great to have uh, all our gang in there across the way, smiling, shiny faces. Everybody's very excited. Uh, all right. So we told you yesterday the legislation to legalize sports gambling in North Carolina made it through a second reading in the Senate, passed by five votes. Where is this now? What could happen with this? Um, and will we see legalized sports gambling in North Carolina? Look, there's guys that like to put down for fun, for entertainment purposes, a little action on on games. It's popular with golf, hugely popular with the NFL, but, you know, it's happening anyway. North Carolina would like to take advantage of that. Now, there's some that say it would not generate or yield as much tax revenue for the state. Uh, it would uh, lead to people who are young or, or even low-income people to become addicted to gambling. That seems kind of an odd statement. I mean, why, why would somebody young or, or could be old and rich and become addicted to gambling? But that's the arguments that are being made. So Senator Jim Perry, who represents Lenore County, uh, good old Eastern North Carolina guy. We're going to talk to him because I want to get the latest on that, what's next with this legislation, where it's headed. Uh, also, he's been uh, one of the guys that uh, may not have been at the forefront, but certainly has been an important part in that legislation that would uh, abolish the North Carolina High School Athletic Association in totality and uh, create a new governing body. We have not heard a lot about that in the last few weeks. So we're going to have uh, Senator Perry on to discuss this coming up in just a few minutes here. Uh, and uh, then we'll also uh, continue on with, a, there's a, an apparent Madden slight or something. Now, this is not my my area of expertise. So you and B-Baby may have to, to get on there and, and rock the mic on this one. This is all Ben and former intern Casey, but intern Casey in here, so I'm letting Ben handle it. Okay. Well, then B-Baby could, could come on and give us, in B-Baby fashion, the beef with Madden. Would it be Madden 21 or Madden 22? 22. Madden 22. There you go. All right. So uh, all of that to look forward to. Uh, we'll have uh, a pirate report. Ben will have uh, an update for you as well. So all of that still to come. Let's uh, break. We will uh, return with Senator Jim Perry. Latest on the legalization of sports gambling in North Carolina, where that stands right now up at the legislature. Next. Log on to our new website, 943thegame.com, for PJ Shot Podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Rose football coming your way tomorrow night. Season opener at Wilson Hunt, 7 o'clock, 94.3 The Game. Scott Scooter Rogers and Ronald R.V. Vincent will be on the call. Coverage of the Rampants on the Grid brought to you by the law firm of Hardy, Massey, and Blodgett. Sam Pollard and Son Heating and Air. First Bank. Caraway Office Solutions. Stadium Sports. And Doctors Bowman, Paget, and Associates Dentistry. Uh, legal sports betting in North Carolina a step closer to coming 
a reality. Senate uh, State senators gave final approval today to a proposal that would allow betting on sports online via a mobile phone and in person at approved facilities in the immediate area of major sporting events. So this would be something that you would probably find outside of PNC Arena in Raleigh. You would find outside of Bank of America or nearby Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Uh, places like that. This is following a 26-19 vote. So now the measure moves to the House. And I would say in our coverage of this, the House seems to be the great unknown. Anybody we've talked to about this really doesn't know where the House generally stands on this. Uh, but uh, North Carolina and the State Education Lottery Commission would regulate the betting industry, and the state would receive money from an 8% cut of the proceeds by charging no more than uh, 12 licenses for online sports betting outlets as well as additional tribal licenses. Uh, Online gambling outlets would have to pay half a million dollars for their initial license and then $100 annually to renew. State would also require licenses and fees from vendors that would uh, supply licensed gambling operations. All right, so let's go to the phones now where uh, State Senator Jim Perry, who has uh, been a real driving force in this bipartisan legislation, is uh, behind this. Senator Perry, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us here. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. So we covered it uh, today, and it's uh, passed the Senate. It's on to the House. What are the prospects of uh, of seeing legalized sports gambling soon in North Carolina based on what you're hearing from the House? Well, you know, I think it's a, a difficult topic, but as uh, as members have learned more about it and how prevalent it already is today, um, there's been more open-mindedness. Um, I, I think that we're also impacted by the fact that the, the uh, census data is out and people look in our, our rural areas and look at our population losses and think about, you know, how we how we build schools and it's it's through property taxes today you know we we provide some money from the lottery for construction but when we keep losing population in the rural areas and our property taxes are already the highest in the state Mm -hmm. we need to look for alternative sources of revenue so we've had those discussions and you know sports betting we're not talking about whether or not to to bring sports betting to north carolina let's not kid ourselves <laughs> right uh people bet on sports every day when, when when my colleagues saw how easy it is to open a computer and go online and open an account they were shocked um so it it's taking place today but you know the state of north carolina is not participating those folks aren't aren't helping to to pay the bills that our society generates um, and when we raise property taxes in rural areas, you know, our farmers are the ones who are hit the hardest. Right. Our folks on fixed income are the ones who are hit the hardest. So it is a hard topic, but we feel like it's reasonable to have a, you know, force ourselves to take a, a hard look at it. Senate, Major- uh, Senate Majority Whip, uh, Senator Jim Perry with us here, represents uh, Lenore and Wayne counties and uh, has been a real uh, friend and advocate uh, to a lot of uh, causes uh, here that, that need to be remedied in the East. So uh, this is an interesting one. It is bipartisan legislation that uh, was uh, designed 
and now, as we've mentioned uh, today, has passed the Senate and is on its way now to the House. Uh, it obviously has to clear some hurdles in the House, one would think. Uh, but as you look mm-hmm. at that, is the indication that the governor would be friendly to this and, and either allow it to, to become law or would be eager to sign the law? Or are we just are we not at that point yet? Uh, the the conversations that we have had with the, the governor's office are that he understands the economic impact. This is going to be a, an industry is very tech heavy in terms of support and the economic opportunities that are available regarding jobs or just mm-hmm. uh, cash circulating in the economy and the taxes that are generated. Uh, we do anticipate that tax rate to be increased in the House as well as some additional buffers put around it. Um, before we ran the bill, we doubled the amount of money that's uh, dedicated to uh, problem gaming services, folks with gambling addictions in our state, uh, instead of using a ramp-up based on a percentage, um, because we have some members with some sincerely held concerns, you know, and we wanted to be able to get out in front of those, so we went ahead and, and doubled the amount of cash the uh, state spends on that today. Well, that is, that's interesting you bring that up. One of the areas uh, that was a, a sticking point was the, uh, the situation where someone could become, quote, addicted to gambling. What we always hear when it comes to, to things like the lottery, it targets low-income people. It, it, in polling from the uh, ECU Center on Surveys, it was very popular with young people that they surveyed. So uh, that has in turn been turned around, and those that are against this say, well, it would allow young people to become, you know, sort of addicted to, to gambling potentially. You just talked about how to perhaps remedy that by, by increasing revenue for, uh, you know, for those services to, to, to the problem gambling hotline, those kind of services. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but how much water does that really, because, you know, they, they say young and poor. Well, I mean, I'm sure old and rich could also get addicted to something conceivably. So how much water do those arguments yeah. kind of hold? So, you know, if you look at the statistics um, surrounding addiction and, and gaming, I, I think that the data indicates 1% of people, you know, really have um, severe problems and that maybe an additional uh, 1% to 2% for 3% total, you know, would have moderate issues with gambling, but the demographic seems to indicate it, it's typically a more uh, educated um, individual with higher income levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so what you typically see with, with issues surrounding uh, addiction with low-income folks is going to be more of a, a scratch-off ticket or playing illegal games or, you know, something that's, that's cheaper to get into, uh, where sports betting uh, folks tend to think they have some level of skill now i'm not sure i agree with that but, right yeah you know, so the data indicates that it's going to be about one to three percent of people but you know that's it's not like that goes to six percent in states that have right sports yeah. betting right right so some people sensationalize uh the issue when when they're against it and and some people minimize it when they're for it i i look at myself as somebody who just facilitated the bill on a on a difficult topic but i tried to be reasonable about it and really gather the the information um you know i've so i've, I've got colleagues who say hey up to three percent of people could could have issues and i've got colleagues that say what about the freedom and the choice and the liberty of the 97 percent who right. don't have an issue right yeah 
Uh, Senator Jim Perry's been good enough to join us here. Patrick Johnson show on this uh, Thursday. Uh, the uh, the legalizing of sports betting in North Carolina passing the Senate. It is now on to the House. And uh, assuming that this were to pass the House and head to the governor, how soon would would all of this uh, be up and running? And in, in other words, is the infrastructure to a degree in place or does that have to be built out before you? And it is tech heavy, as you mentioned. Uh, is that is that just a flip of the switch in a proverbial sense, or uh, is this a year or so before this might could come online, if you will? Yeah, I think we're going to have to extend the date um, probably out another um, 18 or, or 24 months because, it, you know, legislation doesn't happen overnight and the Lottery Commission doesn't have the ability to flip a switch either. Um, you know, the type of investment required, and, and the state would be seeking um, organizations who have experience in this field. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, you want to make sure you do it right, and that's that's another reason we limited the, the number of licenses in the beginning. It's also change, right? So you don't want to go crazy and, and have stuff everywhere. You want to kind of put your toe in the water and see how it goes and give people time to get used to it. Would you say that down the road, uh, these rural counties maybe that have had just hemorrhaged population um, that, that you might see, I mean, I, just maybe a, a casino down the road in, in, in places that could use those kind of jobs. I mean, obviously there's the tribal situation in North Carolina, but ultimately is that something that has you know crossed the mind of maybe lawmakers that uh, particularly in places in the far east and the far west of our state that that need jobs, this might could be a, a place where there's plenty of land in some places. You might, you might could see a casino off an interstate or a highway. Um, you know, I, I think for now, if I had to gauge uh, where North Carolina is, I would say that you're going to see the the uh, Indian gaming organizations, and uh, I would I would think that would be it uh, gotcha. for now. Right. Uh, you know, you move to class three gaming. It's a it's a big cultural shift for your state, and I I, I don't think we're there. Gotcha. Let me ask you this, Senator. Uh, there are some who have been critical who have said, "Well, it's not going to bring as much money or much revenue as uh, the the people yourself uh, would fall into this that drafted the bill would have you believe." What is your answer to that? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so I I, I had a, a couple of people pose that to me, and they they kind of poo-pooed it and said, well, it's not even that much money. And I said, sir, if I double the tax, does that mean you want to vote for it? I mean, you know, is that what your problem is, that it's not not enough? I thought you were opposed to it. Um, so, you know, I, I think some people just grab arguments they're, right. they're comfortable with. Um, and, I, you know, I also had knowledge that that tax, uh, when and if the bill moves in the House, uh, I know there's a plan to uh, – to increase the tax by at least 50%, probably more. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's the thing about legislation. It is iterative. And you, you have to, each each time it iterates, if you want other people to be involved, you have to accept their ideas. And, you know, that's part of the lawmaking process. I always laugh when people say, well, that bill didn't go far enough or didn't do this or didn't do that. Well, there's a reason. <laughs> You've got to get the support for it. And a lot of times there, there are things that I'd like to see, uh, but I'd rather walk out of there with 75% of what I wanted to achieve versus nothing 
And sometimes we have to to make those compromises to to get the necessary votes yeah. to pass legislation. If you were a betting man, would you wager this is going to to make it uh, into law this year? So let, let let me let me clarify something. Um, I, I don't, you know, people can live their lives as they wish. But the funny thing is, I I'm not a sports better. Right. Uh, so this was. For me, this was really handling the issue, and and I do represent rural areas, and it's and our property taxes are tough. Um, so, and I I joke today that hey, I'm I'm just not going to bet on it passing the house, but you know it it was a tough process for us, but I, I do think some eyes were opened and and folks learned, and you know I had constituents come up to me and say, listen, I don't really love this, but I do love that you're trying to find alternative means of right. financing the things we need in our community instead of just digging in my pocket. So I, I think other lawmakers will encounter that, and I'd say probability is, is decent for it over there. I want to shift gears. You uh, have been involved, maybe not at the forefront, but I know very involved and very concerned about the High School Athletic Association. We had the commissioner on. We had your colleague, uh, Senator Johnson, who's at the forefront of this on to talk about this. We've kept a close eye on this. Uh, we are maybe a little over three, four weeks ago where both sides apparently came together and we've not heard a lot publicly since then. Where would you say this whole process is now with the high school athletic association, perhaps uh, having more oversight falling under uh, uh, education in, in the state of North Carolina or, or perhaps even being abolished? Is that, is that legislation still on the table? So I think we will see legislation, but I think we will see legislation that evolves during the process and doesn't look like, you know, the the initial bill. Uh, I know that the the meeting that they have and had and the conversations were were very fruitful and uh, and eye opening. And I, I think everyone learned something uh, that they they didn't know. And I think you'll see efforts going forward to have a clearly defined relationship with a, a memorandum of understanding, an MOU. Think, think of it as a contract. Um, those are the conversations that have been had. And, and they, they need some things in place, um, not through any malicious behavior or nefarious behavior from anyone involved. There were some steps skipped when, uh, when this thing was spun out from under the, the UNC system uh, years ago. And, you know, you got to remember, what, what was it, 20, it was just 2010, you know, or in the, the last decade mm-hmm. that, uh, that it really became a standalone not-for-profit. It was always uh, under the, the government arm before that. And, and even now, because it, it kind of, you know, gets its authority from the Board of Education, where there are 11 political appointees of the governor and the lieutenant governor over there, uh, it's always had political oversight. Uh, so I think there were some overreactions. But I, I do think it's it's in a good spot, and uh, I think it will be better and stronger with uh, better communication for its members uh, going forward. What's the next step in that process, though? So my understanding, you mentioned Senator Johnson, and, mm-hmm. you know, he is he's one of my, my dearest friends on this earth and certainly someone I'm very close to the Senate. 
my understanding from talking to Senator Johnson uh, is that they will complete uh, this process on clarifying uh, expectations and authority levels. Just, you know, it's good for them. It's it's good for the, the Board of Education. They're also collaborating with the Board of Education on this, and that we'll see uh, documentation spelling that out, and we'll see some legislation. So, you know, we routinely change what's inside of a bill. So that, that Senate bill, or actually a House bill, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, you'll see some of the uh, – some of the insides of it scraped off and new words put in it, clarifying some of the um, relationships and expectations and how things work. But it's it's a collaborative process. So I, it's, it's in a good place. Would you say, though, that uh, maybe a year from now, that organization, that governing body, even including perhaps personnel, might look a lot different a year from now? I think everything has a life cycle and has a need to evolve. Um, so I think they've learned things during this process that um, that they would likely benefit from, you know, some internal changes. They'll have to decide whether or not that is personnel. Uh, I do know that from a structural standpoint, uh, some things have to be different in, in order to be in compliance with the law, but you know, we'll we'll all work together and figure that out, Senator. Thanks for the time. I appreciate uh, you coming with uh, coming on with us here uh, to to talk about you know two big points of interest uh, to a lot of our listeners and uh, those that are just tuning in. Jim Perry with us, uh, Senator out of uh, Lenore County, one of those behind the uh, legalizing sports betting in North Carolina uh law and uh or or bill and that bill has passed the uh senate is now on its way to the house so we'll see where that goes senator thank you so much for the time we really appreciate it thank you take care all right there he goes jim perry with us uh there so some good news as far as uh uh sports gambling goes and i I would say i'm an advocate for becoming legalized in north carolina because i think there's some good things that could happen uh, out of that ben are you previewing games in your uh, in your update here, because we always have you give the lines when we do, when you do preview things, and we do that intentionally because we knew this was heading in that direction, inevitably, and uh, so when Ben looked at me cross-eyed the first time, I said, "Put lines in the uh, previews." That is why, and and you've kind of I'm not saying you're laying down any uh, money on anything, but I mean you've kind of gotten into that part of it, have you not? I mean, that, that, oh, yeah. that really interests It tells you who's the favorite, who's the underdog. Right. It's a natural storyline when it comes to games, even become, if you're not interested in it. It's become an enormous storyline, even more so. It used to be very taboo. Uh, do you want a break and then come back? with? I'll, I'll intro you on the other side of the break. Why don't we do that? We'll grab a break. We'll come back. Stay tuned. The one and only Ben Byram will bring you an update. And then after Ben Byram presents that straightforward, I understand B-Baby Byram will have a beef with Madden 22. So that is coming up. Uh, we'll get to a uh, version of the Pirate Report today. i uh, tell you about our programming for the weekend within that report. So that's all still to come here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben, an update, including an ECU alum, the top of the leaderboard or near the top of the leaderboard on the PGA Tour. He'll have those deets when we come back. 
More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. I can't wait. On your flagship home of Pirate Football, 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Coming up on uh, Saturday, of course, we'll have uh, coverage of ECU Media Day. More details on that coming up in just a little bit. Uh, good to have uh, Jim Perry on, and good to see, in my opinion, the uh, sports legalized sports gambling uh, make its way through the Senate, now onto the House. We'll continue to follow it. And look, I would say all indications are pretty good, according to Senator Perry, that the governor uh, is willing to sign this and make it law. So... Uh, couple years away from that becoming a thing, but uh, can happen none too quickly, in my opinion. Uh, Ben Byram standing by. Uh, We'll hear from B-Baby Byram uh, in a little bit. But right now, Ben with an update on uh, what is happening, uh, including HV3 with a big day today. Ben, what do you got? Thanks, Patrick, from the PGA Tour Northern Trust underway. John Rom tearing it up right now. He's six under through 15 while ECU alum Harold Varner, the third, wrapped up the day, finishing second, finishing five under. He's tied with Justin Rose, who's through 15 right now. The League Softball World Series wrapped up installing stadium last night. Oklahoma handily beat Virginia 9-1 last night to claim the championship. Oklahoma finished a perfect 6-0 and undefeated in the World Series. For Pirate Basketball, the NCAAs officially cleared the transfer of Boston College's Winston Tabs. The ECU and ECU basketballs released their non-conference schedule. The Pirates begin their season on Tuesday, November 9th in Greenville. Tip-off times are yet to be announced, and they will then end their 12-game non-conference slate with Southern Miss on December 21st, also at Minges Coliseum. Major League Baseball 11-time All-Star catcher and member of the 1968 champion Detroit Tigers team, and Bill Freehan has passed away at the age of 79. Meanwhile, ECU alum Sean Armstrong made his MLB debut last night for the Tampa Bay Rays working two innings of relief with a strikeout and an 8-4 win over the Orioles. From the Carolina Panthers, quite the eventful joint practice with the Ravens down in Charlotte today. One of the standouts for practice was defensive tackle Davion Nixon, who had two picks off of Lamar Jackson. The Panthers' defense had four total picks in general in practice. Meanwhile, we have a few new injuries. The preseason standout so far on defensive end Marquise Haynes can miss one to two weeks. With their shoulder issue, Brian Burns and the previously mentioned Davion Nixon had to see a trainer after practice. Whereas Burns may have a minor shoulder injury that shouldn't see him miss time. Keith Kirkwood, who was on the receiving end of that brutal hit from JT eBay weeks ago that sidelined him with a concussion, has returned to practice in a blue jersey. On the opposite end, a scary situation with Ravens Pro Bowl tight end Mark Andrews, who left practice on a cart, got an IV, and then suddenly collapsed. And an ambulance had to be involved and escorted Andrews to a medical facility. Matt Rule had some interesting comments after practice saying that we may see Sam Darnold for one or two drives on Saturday's preseason game. Wrapping up from the NBA, the Charlotte Hornets signed guard Terry Rozier to a four-year $97 million extension after a career year. That's going to do it for your 94 through the game sports update. The P-Man to wrap it up, wrap it up after this quick timeout. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. What? You want more? All right. 
your flagship home of pirate basketball. 94.3 The Game at 94.3thegame.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right. Let's this in. Headline, I can't sleep. I toss it, turn, candlesticks in the dark. Uh, tonight down to uh, 75. It's 93, but it feels like 103. Now, so in the, in the old days, Ben, we used to say the heat index and the wind chill. But now it's feels like. And so. I like it that way. Feels like. No, no. Feel like? Heat feels index. like pretty hot. Heat index is 103. What you said back in the day, and that's what you meant. Uh, tomorrow, we're looking at showers and then scattered storms later in the day. Not a huge chance. Oh, actually, a better chance than I thought. 58% during the day. Wow. Uh, 82, the high tomorrow. Scattered storms in the evening tomorrow night down to 71. We're looking at scattered storms, 50-50 shots Saturday. Sunday's the better day, 91 and sunny, though. That's your forecast. It's nice for Clark to bring this in here, though. That was good. Um, you used to have notes up there. About the day or whatever, what the what was important about today's day? Yeah, he used yeah. to have like uh, I think that was more for Lampract than his show. You know, just to, always some bizarre stuff up there that was just completely irrelevant. Yeah, it was. What are those guys talking about behind you there? Like, I don't know. They're in a heated discussion. They're in a they don't even big realize conversation. The mic's on. Hey, we're on the air here. Hey guys, we're on the air. God, <laughs> they're chatting it up. <laughs> would have thought the ref was like discussing a call or something back I, here. You would have thought that was the case. They were just back there talking. Ref can't, won't say a word on the air, but when he's back <laughs> there running his damn mouth, that's all I know. All right. Uh, I hesitate to do this. Let me let me give a couple plugs here. I'll keep it easy. No, no. Let me get a, give me, give a plug here. Out now is the On the Prowl podcast featuring the ref, Philip Pilkington, Casey, and Ben B. Baby Byram. That's right. Got the signature shades on every week. Oh, God. Did you see that last last night, Philip? Oh, God. I think that's what the ref was trying to explain to him as our podcast. Oh, is that right? He was trying to plug it. So Ben has these ridiculous sunglasses, these digital sunglasses, like a graphic over his face. They look pretty good. <laughs> the coolest glasses you ever seen. You know what would look, I think, the best part of this? What's that? You just covered the whole thing here. The whole thing. Oh, if you put, come on. <laughs> just put a mask on, a right, lucha mask? Or something, yeah. All right, so the character that talks on the On the Prowl Panthers podcast, which drops every Thursday on 94.3 The Game, or our YouTube page, is uh, B-Baby Byram. There's a B-Baby Byram beef with Madden 22. A little bit, a little the, bit. The floor is B-Babies. Go Usually ahead. It's every, every year of Madden. But do, you, basically... do you have uh, some theme music already? If we're going to have B-Baby, we got to develop some theme music down the road. Don't have to do it now. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, got, I, got, I got a song in mind. I got a song in all mind right. for the future. Go ahead. What you got, B-Baby? So the way Madden works, how they determine who's a bad player and a good player in the game is something called overall. And basically they take all your skill set and your attributes and they rate and grade each aspect of it. Like your arm strength. Now, this is a video game. Your accuracy, right? yes, for the video game. And that's how you determine who are the good players and who are the bad players right. in the game. Okay. Um, and then once they get that all together, they make something called an overall. And your overall 
It's from zero to ninety nine. If you're ninety nine, you're virtually unstoppable. You're the best player. Like the game Bo Jackson Tech in Tech Bo Jackson Tech Mobile. Yeah. Bo Jackson probably would have been a hundred, which doesn't even exist. But <laughs> yeah, that's right. good point. Yeah, zero would be like it would be like me out there or something right. like that. Yeah, gotcha. Or so, Casey. Let's say Casey since he's not here to defend. Yeah, Casey. Yeah, well, he's not yeah. here to defend himself. So yeah, we'll throw Casey out there. Yeah. Plus, he bothers me on the podcast. So. Gotcha. Yeah. So they they gave Colin Kaepernick who's. What it's got to be three or four years at this point removed from football and does not want to play a lick of football and more importantly just not very good <laughs> it wasn't any good. good yeah and doesn't want to play I don't want to hear the nonsense he led a team to the Super Bowl he had nothing to do it was other guys on the team it was the defense yep. that year that led them to the Super Bowl exactly Go Patrick ahead. Willis my man yeah well he's rated at eighty one overall. Okay. Which, which is fine. It, now, you, 81 in school, B-Baby, is a B. That's a B. Right. Yes. And it, usually when you're that removed from football this many years, they just take you out of the game. For, for right. some reason, he keeps being in the game. I see. He's rated over Justin Herbert. What? Kirk Cousins. Eh. Trevor Lawrence, which, which is fair. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a rookie, but still. Trevor Lawrence, though? Ben Roethlisberger. Really? Yes. Joe Burrow and Jared Goff. He's rated over all so those guys. So Burrow was hurt. Last year for part of the year, right? He was. For most of the year. But he looked really good when he, he played. He did look good when he played. And who was the last one? Golf? Golf, yes. I don't think he's better than any of those guys, to be quite honest. Are we talking real world? Real world. No. Yeah, he's not better than a single and one I'm of those not guys. Saying, Madden thinks so. And I'm not saying any of those guys, uh, except Roethlisberger, have, have done stuff in their career that would make you say they're an all-timer. or Exactly. But, I mean, Big Ben's on the back half. He's, he's probably... Down the stretch of his final nine, right? I think he's a lock for the Hall of Fame. No, absolutely, he yeah. is. I'm not denying that he is. I mean, Cousins has had some nice moments, but he's nothing special. We don't know what Trevor Lawrence is. I mean, I, I, your point is taken. They're competent, getting a paycheck in the NFL quarterbacks that are currently playing. This guy who never wanted to play to begin with. That's not what this is about. That was proven out a couple years ago, you'll remember. Yep. About this time of year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, about is, this time. Yeah. Is rated ahead of these guys. That's so – I'm more fired up than B-Baby over this. Last year, I, th- I think it was a little bit worse. They had him rated over Baker Mayfield and Cam Newton. So, yeah. I, 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 it's, it's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Not a good situation. And this is uh, – a. The, the Madden 22 that you can play on the dot-com? I think it just came out yesterday. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I, I haven't heard great things so far. Okay. Which is most Madden. Can B-Baby give us maybe a little more on that next week? I could do that. Yeah, does no your, problem. Does the B-Baby schedule change next week a little bit? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay. School starts, you know. Okay. I got to go back to school. All right. To scubas. One minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, a chance to remind you, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, – Will Bland, coach of uh, Rose High School. Rampant football tomorrow at 7 o'clock. And uh, we'll also have for you on Saturday our ECU Media Day coverage, 1 until 3, T-Cop and myself anchoring the coverage. Philip Pilkington will be providing some interviews. B-Baby Byram on the 1s and 2s back in the uh, studio. Might have you do some updates that day too, Ben. So just be ready for that. Looking might, forward might, to it. Might throw in an update or two during the show. Tune in. I hope you will. Uh, Hey, great job today by our guys behind the scenes. Thanks to Senator Perry for coming on. Uh, We will wrap up the week and get you ready for the uh, high school football season tomorrow night. 
uh, with uh, Will Bland tomorrow on The Patrick Johnson Show.